I had been working the same job for the last 20 years. Manning a booth at a mental health facility, I covered the front entrance. Taking down names and turning people away who did not have proper authority to visit. It was honestly kind of a sleep-inducing job, but I enjoyed the people I worked with, and the pension couldn't be beat. However, the state had decided to move on from this particular facility, forcing us to shudder and putting me into early retirement. I suppose it was time. I was comfortable here, but I could focus my energy on other things I like to do besides this job. I wasn't in a hurry to leave, though. For the last few weeks, I had bid farewell to my co-workers of all professions, walks of life. In these last few days that remained, all medical staff and patients had moved on to other care facilities. The maintenance crew that was shutting down and packing up medical equipment were the only ones that remained. The security team was reduced to a single staff member, me. That made for some final, quiet nights on the job, but it gave me time to reflect on my time here. By my final night, the hospital had been completely empty, the last of the maintenance crew waving at me as I opened the gate for them to leave. Even though the place was empty, the owners still required a security staff for liability reasons. By the morning, the property would close and I'd be heading into the sunset myself, so to speak. I watched as the sun lazily crept over the horizon, leaving the grounds in a shadowed orange and red hue. I sat in the quiet booth, not expecting any visitors and simply manning the gate and grounds for anything unusual. Only, who would come to this place? There was nothing to rob, no one to visit, just an empty hospital with a lot of history. I had never bothered myself with the day-to-day -day operations with the medical staff and patients. I knew people came and went, their family members happily or sadly visiting loved ones. The stories varied and layered, no two alike. I suppose that's what I liked about the job, having so many different, unique experiences with people. I would miss this place. The minutes ticked into hours without another soul in sight. The weather outside began to rain, slow tick-tick of the first droplets on the window disturbing the calm silence of the evening. I leaned back in my chair under the lone ceiling light that illuminated the security booth. I thought about what I might do in my retirement. Maybe I could pick up a hobby, I thought. The rain picked up then, slowly drenching the cement drive into the main hospital parking lot. That's when something bizarre happened. An alert on the nearby security console that motion had been detected inside the facility. These alerts were normally dismissed due to the 24-hour nature of the hospital, but this was highly unusual now that the building was empty. I opened the console, logging into the camera system that remained active despite the teardown of the place. The first image to load was one of several empty hallways. I checked the notice for the movement and saw that it was for the west corridors. I shook my head. The west corridors were on the same side of the entrance I was sitting at. An intruder would have had to scale a ten-foot fence. I toggled the switch that would take me to the camera and sensor that captured the motion. When the image popped on screen, I thought my heart stopped for a moment. An elderly woman was there pushing a wheelchair with an old man sitting in it. I flipped the switch for sound, 
and listened as an old, squeaky wheelchair whined as it wheeled down the hall. She was moving slowly, clearly arthritis or some other ailment making movement more difficult. This could not be. All of the patients had been removed from the hospital into other care facilities long before this. How are these two people still in this place, wandering around the empty hallways? She reached a point just under the camera. There was a loud cracking noise, and electricity in the security booth cut out suddenly. I jumped when it happened, monitor for the security camera going black. Instinctively, I went for the light switch, but to no avail. Shivered a little bit at the timing. You're overthinking this, I said to myself out loud. And you know you need to go check that out. I grabbed the phone, intending to call the owners to let them know, but the phone had gone completely dead. Great, I said. Moving from the main security console, I grabbed my jacket and flashlight and stepped out into the rain that showed no signs of relenting. It soaked my hair and drenched my jacket and pants as I approached the front of the hospital, keys jingling in my hands. I managed to find the one for the front door. The metal slid into the lock and the deadbolt turned with a notable thud, echoing off the hollow inside of the building. The door opened with a long creak as I stepped inside. Kicking the doorstep in place, I reached for the light switch that would illuminate the front reception desk. Fluorescent ceiling lights blinked into life, bringing the empty space into view. The entrance to the hospital was still quiet. Unusual to me after spending so many years accustomed to someone at the desk day and night. The absence of a receptionist, nurses, and doctors moving to and from was unsettling. The hollow shell that this place had become reminding me more of a tomb than a hospital. Hello? I said out loud, voice echoing strangely off the walls. No one answered. I stepped forward, moving to where I had seen the old woman in the wheelchair. Only, as I approached the turn that would take me to the west corridor, I heard it. The squeaking, creaking of the wheelchair being pushed slowly, whining with every step of its controller. I looked up to the corner of the ceiling and into the convex mirror that would let me see around the wall. I saw them there in the hallway, slowly approaching the corner where I was standing. The old woman pushed the wheelchair up to where they would be visible and then suddenly stopped. I saw in the mirror that she also looked up, finding me there and staring. Then she opened her mouth, wide and gaping. No teeth, just an unnaturally long and vacuous opening, as if she was to moan or wail, but no sound came out of it. I rushed around the corner, expecting to confront the two people in the mirror only. There was no one there, just another empty corridor. I looked back into the mirror, and there was no one, just the receptionist's desk. I walked back to where I had been standing, and in the convex mirror, there was nothing, just the empty hallway. Another loud cracking noise at all of the fluorescent lights suddenly went out. I reached for my belt and flashlight, flicking the switch and producing a small beam of light. 
A slamming noise behind me gave me a start as I turned and ran back to the front entrance. The doorstop had been thrown to the side, and the door had been shut. I pressed against the handle, but it wouldn't budge. I have the worst luck, I thought to myself, pressing again on the door handle with no success. The mechanism in the door must have triggered an automatic lockdown when the power went out. A small battery backup with just enough juice to force the door shut, part of the security to keep the more violent patients securely inside. The storm that had developed outside must have surged the system somehow. Looking out a nearby window, I saw several of the gate lights were still illuminated, so power was flowing. I could overrun the lockdown by flipping the tripped breaker in the electrical room, a room in the basement accessible by a nearby staircase. I shined my light around the reception area, trying to find the maintenance doorway with the small beam of my flashlight. I managed to find it, tucked away in a corner and labeled maintenance. I dug through my keyring looking for the right one. It had a long time since I had a need to go down to the basement. Usually, that was the one area that remained quiet amongst everything else happening in the hospital. The door unlocked and swung open easily, though, opening into a completely darkened cement stairwell. The cool, damp air from the below-grade floor rushed up to meet me. I took the steps carefully, using the limited light I had to traverse the old stairwell. Maintenance areas in these old hospitals rarely got the notice of renovators. Over the many decades the hospital had been in operation, these stairs remained as they had been when the foundation was first poured. Each step echoed off the hardened walls, returning to my movement in the dark and silent halls of the hospital basement. Once I reached the bottom, I turned my light to reveal more concrete and several pillars that worked as the foundational support for the rest of the building. Normally, there would be lots of additional supplies and other odd items stored down here. Much of that had been removed though, either going to a new home or being sold outright as the hospital was closed down. Now the basement was hollow, void, almost vacuous. A space so dark and deep that my flashlight was too weak to find the far wall. Knowing the electrical room was about 100 feet along the left wall from the staircase, I made my way along it. Pipes and venting for the HVAC system still hummed and breathed life into the building. I wondered how the system remained powered. Perhaps there were generators that ensured the environment inside the hospital remained controlled. A question for the people that would never return to this building. It only took a moment to reach the metal fencing that separated the electrical controls from the rest of the basement. This had been erected to keep unauthorized maintenance and hospital staff from accidentally obstructing or damaging the infrastructure when moving around stored equipment. Again, I consulted my keyring, unlocking the padlock and releasing the fence door. I stepped through the doorway and stopped suddenly, ears picking up a sound that was totally out of place. Footsteps. Running footsteps were behind me, getting louder and louder as if running through the pitch darkness night for me. I turned quickly, shining my light in front of me. I couldn't see anything, just the cement pillars of the darkness, 
Yet, something was coming, fast and directly for me. I searched frantically for it, till the footsteps were right on me. I felt a shove from something invisible, pushing me backward into the electrical room. The fence gate slamming shut, closing me in. My flashlight flew out of my hand, hitting against one of the walls and flickering out as it hit the ground. I was bathed in darkness as the light from the flashlight went out completely. I scrambled across the floor, catching my breath and searching with my hands over the floor for the flashlight. I found it after a few seconds, hitting the bulb against the palm of my hand to coax it back into life. Light burst from it finally, only I didn't understand what I was seeing in the beam. The fencing of the electrical room was gone, replaced by a white padding stitched and affixed to the walls and ceiling of the room that I was in. I scanned all around me, finding that this padded room now completely surrounded me. My heart was pounding then, brain unable to explain how this could be. I turned a full circle, looking for an exit. There wasn't one. Entering into full panic mode, I ran to the wall, hand pressed against the padded, rubbery canvas. I felt along the entire wall again, from corner to corner, searching for an exit. There wasn't one. From floor to ceiling, I was enclosed in this space, no way to escape it. I grabbed a utility knife from my belt and began cutting into the canvas, peeling apart the material and cushioning. I found only more concrete underneath. I yelled out as I cut section after section with a knife, trying to find an opening, a way out. Only there was none to be found. The walls sealed every inch of the space and seemed to be narrowing, shrinking, closing. I looked around frantically again, body running adrenaline like high-octane fuel, hyperventilating but feeling like I was suffocating in the ever-closing space. My heel hit something hard and I fell backward. Losing my grasp of the flashlight again, it hit the cement ground and flickered once more. As the light recovered, the padded room vanished, and I was back in the electrical room. I gasped and caught my breath, cold sweat running down my face. What the heck just happened? Forget this, I said out loud, turning from the electrical box. I slammed through the gate and out of the electrical room running through the dark with my flashlight back to the stairs. I didn't care how I was going to get out. I'd smash through one of the windows if I had to. All I knew was that I couldn't stay another second in that basement, not without being completely driven mad. Practically leaping up the stairs, I reached the reception area again, maintenance door closing behind me. I stopped in my tracks, though, as a strange glow illuminated the room in a deep red. I flipped the switch to shut off my flashlight, aided only by the dim light and hoping to avoid drawing the attention of any trespassers. I turned the corner where the light was and saw that it filled a room that was once an old chapel just outside the reception area. A room that had been completely emptied weeks ago as the patients were relocated to other facilities. Only now, the room was inexplicably filled again with pews, crosses, paintings, and candles. Candles that burned and produced the red glow I was seeing. As I approached, 
my body shivered as I noticed several people were sitting in the pews, quietly facing forward. They all seemed to be wearing patient gowns tied around the back. Several of them looked dirty, unkempt, like they'd been wearing the gown for days, maybe even months. Standing there watching them, my gut turned over as the quiet worshippers all turned around at once to look at me, their heads snapping to attention on where I stood. Then they rose, all standing from their pews and filing out of the chapel in a line toward me. I turned and ran for the reception area. No idea where I would go to escape, I just ran somewhere familiar. They pursued me, crowding into the reception area behind me. There had to be at least twenty of them, young, old, patients of all sizes, faces gaunt and expressionless. I ran to the door, trying desperately to force my way through the lock, but it wouldn't budge. The patients crowded around me then, pressing up against my back, their faces up against mine. Their breath smelled of rot and decay. I screamed then, unable to break free, being smothered by the crowd. Then the door released, forcing me to fall onto the wet cement, rain pouring down onto me. I spun around quickly, expecting the crowd of patients to be right on top of me. Only they weren't there. It was just an open doorway into an empty reception area. The fluorescent light that had gone out blinked a few times before flickering into life again, returning power completely on its own. I got up then, deciding that my last day at this hospital was getting cut short. I took off toward my car, leaving the open door behind me. I grabbed my keys and scratched the paint around the lock, found the keyhole and flung the door open. The engine of my car roared into life as I turned the key. Tires slipping and skidding on the wet cement, I backed up and then peeled out of there. No intention of looking back, no desire to find out what happened to me. Whatever was going on in that place was now left to the dead and gone. In my rearview mirror, the doorway that I had been flung through went dark, fluorescent light flickering and going out again. The doorway slammed shut of its own accord, locking into place the dark and night that had consumed the building, taken finally by the restless spirits that consumed it. <laughs>